0: Hello and thank you for joining us here on The Neutral Zone. I am Phil Malani, joined as always by my trusty sidekick, my partner in crime. Really, the best way to describe this person is my
1: everything. It's at Eric Dalala. Phil, this might be my favorite location yet that we've done The Neutral Zone.
0: Yeah, this might be just the best Neutral Zone of all time.
1: It's got to be right up there, I think.
0: Of course, we are in West Palm Beach, Florida, at the nfl annual meeting eric and uh we're enjoying some sunshine a little bit of pool time after a a week of hard work
1: that's right we learned Uh, a lot this week phil a lot of action down here
0: there was a lot of action of course uh george payton was down here nathaniel hackett was down here get a sense of the pulse of the league you know with all the national uh reporters down here get to interact with them a little bit and uh I would say things are trending up for the Broncos uh, in terms of uh, their standing in the league.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you want to be in that group of teams that kind of has all that conversation going about them that has that buzz. Broncos haven't had that in a long time, Phil. They're kind of back in that conversation, and it's just nice to hear some of these national national guys talk about the Broncos' Super Bowl chances. You know, where, where do they rank in the AFC? Nothing's guaranteed. George Payton said that a lot this week, but... You're at least in the mix.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, we'll play an interview, maybe with uh, Adam Schefter. We heard from him. Uh, he you talked talk to, a, to Adam Schefter? Yeah, we talked to Adam Schefter. Oh, uh, my we'll gosh. play that, and maybe uh, you get to hear like what uh, he thinks about the team and uh, where the Broncos are. I did ask him, Eric, if the Broncos were the most improved team in the NFL. He said no. He said I would not say that. He deflected. Yes, that would have been a strong statement. Eric. he's a
1: pro. He did say some nice things about Russell Wilson, though.
0: He did, he did. So we'll play that interview maybe in a little bit here. We also sat down with uh, George Payton, Nathaniel Hackett. We could play those interviews too. What do you think? Well, we got a lot. We did get a lot of content down here. It was it was a good week. We like I think. to work
1: hard. We work hard, play hard.
0: Yes, w- yes, we did, and um, we got a great episode just uh, you know talking about what we learned down here. I think uh, maybe first we could talk about you know where this team is in terms of uh, you know the guys coming back April 11th, we learned that the start of the offseason program, and uh, just sort of where the mentality of the team is now that Russ is the quarterback.
1: Yeah, most definitely. I think the big thing is that Russell has this obsession with winning. And we've heard George Payton talk about that oh. a lot, but we continue to hear it down here at the annual meeting. And I think that that kind of permeates throughout the building. We've already seen Russell... Hold these throwing sessions first with guys like Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Albert O., and then a separate one with Jerry Judy. Phil, this guy just kind of gets it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was, it. it was kind of dark. You know, there was a storm. Maybe there was a storm. It was dramatic. You know, it was dramatic, and it didn't matter. No. They were out there
1: throwing. It's just, that's how you get better. And I was interested in hearing about, you know, obviously Russell's on this team. What is this offense going to look like? One of the things that interested me most, Phil, was them saying, we want Russell so badly because when we played against him, we had no chance. You know, George Payton said, I never beat the guy, and I thought yeah. he was being a little bit, you know, overdramatic or maybe exaggerating a little bit. No, but Minnesota Vikings, when George Payton were there, was there <laughs> 0-7 against Russell Wilson. Nathaniel Hackett had a little bit of success, but he said, you're going to be up 14 points with two minutes to go. You're not comfortable, and so yeah. they went and got that guy. And now, Phil, he's got a chance to elevate everybody around him because we've seen what Cortland Sutton can do in 2019 with, you know, Joe Flacco, Brandon Allen, Drew Locke. We've seen what Tim Patrick can do at times. You know, we've seen what Jerry Judy can do in flashes. But they've never had this sort of guy, Phil. And I think wide receiver is one of those positions in particular. You're dependent on the quarterback, of course, and his level of play. I think could raise Sutton, Judy, in particular to a point where now you're talking about those guys like a a DK Metcalf yeah. or maybe you're talking about Judy like a DeVonte Adams. I mean, that's how much of an impact he can make.
0: Yeah, and I mean, they're already building that chemistry, already getting it going. You got to be excited about, you know, that and then also, yeah, well, like you mentioned, what this untapped potential is with uh, some of these offensive weapons. So we'll talk about where the team is right now and then we'll also talk about uh, you know, the draft is coming up very quickly here. Um about a month away now, huh? Yep. I mean, it, it really sneaks up on you. The Broncos will start doing some top 30 visits. They're already uh, underway uh, as we're recording this. And uh, I don't know. It seems like uh, things are still on the table. Of course, the Broncos not picking a nine anymore. But uh, there are still all the options left on the table.
1: Yeah, George Payton sounds like he still has the flexibility he wants to potentially get something done. So you yeah. can't, can't just turn the draft off for two days. No.
0: I was going to be at home.
1: Yeah, on I was going to be hanging out,
0: relaxing. You know, yeah, maybe, maybe not. En- enjoying a nice Breckenridge beverage or something Ooh, like that. You yeah. know, Thursday night. So, um, and then uh, I, you know, the last thing that occurred here at the NFL annual meeting, was, of course, the owners' meeting, trying to make the game better, trying to improve things. Uh, we heard from Roger Goodell this week on Tuesday here, and um, the owners agreeing to change the overtime rules for the postseason only. Now each team will get a possession. We'll we'll talk about our thoughts on that and what what that might mean for how
1: teams approach the the uh, overtime. Yeah, definitely. Maybe some unintended consequences there.
0: Yeah, you know, you sort of think about things and strategy, and I think it's a I think it's a good move. But uh, we'll we'll maybe dive into some stuff that you haven't thought about. You just think, okay, it's good, but there's some nuance there. So. yeah most definitely should be a nice old show eric let's get it going you think it's okay to hang out at a pool and just just talk broncos
1: i mean that's okay so right? far we've got some people wanting to join us i think maybe they're going to come over yeah well nz nation is reach far you know we did run into a member of nz nation down here florida down here in florida yeah so.
0: they were like go broncos yeah yeah we weren't even wearing any broncos well, they, here, just, but they, they just they just us. they knew we appreciate the support yeah, If you're watching on the Broncos YouTube page That's where you can find us every week Here on the Neutral Zone Go ahead and smash the subscribe button uh, uh, uh. It's pretty nice um, If you'd like to be a part of the show How do you do that? It's just 707
1: You've been out by a little well, too much sun 707 <laughs> Neutral Phil. That's you, what call, it is. That's you call what it is. right in You leave a voicemail We'll play it here on the show Or you leave an email at NeutralZoneShow at gmail.com We'll read it out loud yeah let us know
0: what you think of the show yeah you could also contact us directly at Eric Dalala with an a yeah at Phil Milani with a pH a little bit non-traditional non-traditional spellings but you can be a part of the show and we'll uh, we'll create that engagement that's what it's all about you know creating engaging content can't wait all right let's go ahead and uh, dive into our first topic here on the Neutral Zone. And Eric, of course, our first topic here on the show, talking about what Russell Wilson has is going to do for this Broncos team. The the players will report back into the building on April 9th. We learned that this week, getting set for the offseason program. And, you know, uh, we heard a little bit from, uh, from people down here just what the expectations are for the Broncos now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I go back to what Mike Sando from The Athletic said. He kind of, what his talk with you, Phil, stood out to me said, at best, you're getting a top-five quarterback with Russell Wilson. And at worst, which, of course, when you're making a trade of this magnitude, if you're George Payton, you do have to consider what is that worst-case scenario. Mm -hmm. He said, worst-case, you're getting a top-ten quarterback. Yeah. And in my eyes, once you have a guy that's kind of in this elite tier, Mm -hmm. and I've talked about this a few times, but once you have a guy in this elite tier, you're just kind of in the mix. Like it, It doesn't necessarily matter, in my mind, If Russell Wilson is quite as good as Patrick Mahomes, because on any given day, he's talented enough to play well enough to beat Patrick Mahomes. And he brings the Broncos roster to a point where they can compete with the Chiefs, compete with the Chargers, compete with the Bills. In my eyes, as long as you have a guy in that 5 to 10 range, that's good enough where... You know, that AFC championship game or AFC divisional game with the Bills and and Chiefs, Mm -hmm. you watched that. We talked a little bit. It felt like the Broncos were far away from that at the quarterback position. With Russell Wilson, I think you put the Broncos in that game, you could easily see them kind of in that mix, going back and forth, going down the field, and having a chance to win a title.
0: And I think that's the thing about Russell Wilson is that in any game, you're never out of it. Even if you fall behind early, he's going to bring you back. Uh, You're never. Out of a game that going into it, you're always going to be a part of the mix there. What I found interesting was that there's so much excitement around the Broncos right now, but George Payton doesn't really want to hear that. He, he says that he's a seven and 10 GM, you know, yep. he, he's very grounded in that sense. He's all about getting to work dedicated at that. And, you know, I think that that's the right approach here because the, it's true. I mean, the, the, until they do
1: it out on the field it's all just talk, but that's sort of what we do. <laughs> yeah, that we are. I mean, we've got to do it. we got to talk about it. Nathaniel Hackett said the same thing. You know, they do this Coach's Breakfast down here. They did it on Monday for the AFC mm-hmm. coaches. And Nathaniel Hackett said, because that was one of my questions for him, is you've got all these guys who've never really won anything. Justin mm-hmm. Simmons, Bradley Chubb, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick. Like these guys that the Broncos talk about as their core players, they're all fired up, Phil, because – They've got a chance here to do something to win, and I wonder if you're that excited. Is it possible to kind of like skip a few steps? Yeah. Because if you're if you're uh, Cortland Sutton, maybe you're like, oh well, now I'm going to catch six, seven, eight, nine touchdowns. We're going to be in the playoffs. We're going to have a chance to do some big things. Well, you don't you don't just get there right away. There's got to be some kind of in between steps. Yeah. And I like Nathaniel Hackett's answer. He was like, you just got to win every day. You don't automatically become a contender just because Russell Wilson's here. You've still got to put the work in. You've still got to do it the right way. And so I appreciated Hackett's viewpoint and his ability to, I guess, explain that to the team when he meets with them because he's right. They, They now have the chance to do something, but they haven't done it yet.
0: There's just a lot of change with the Broncos too, in general. I mean, there's obviously Russ is the big change at quarterback on the field, but there's a new head coach, and you know, there's going to be a lot going on here in the month of April when the team returns because it's going to be okay. We got to get to work learning a new offense and learning this new language with Hackett. And the thing about Hackett is he said, you know, he's been asked a lot about okay, what's this offense going to look like, and he doesn't really have an answer because it's going to morph a lot depending on what the players want to do depending on what their skill set is and he he answered every question sort of that way is like i gotta get to work with these guys i gotta talk to them i gotta see what russ wants to do you know of course russell wilson likes to throw the ball down the field so that's obviously going to be a part of this offense but you know uh the you know the zone blocking scheme you know the broncos uh adding billy turner this week you know there's um there's just a lot going to be going on that they really need to cram into a very busy offseason program.
1: Yeah, and the the way the division is around them, Phil, we talked to some people who said the Broncos could finish first, they could finish last, you know, the Chiefs <laughs> could finish first, the Chiefs could finish last. There's just, this division's so competitive that there's no sense of, you know, like, you you got an easy one here. Yeah. Or, or, you you know, you're guaranteed to finish above this team. It's going to be just kind of a mess, almost. And what I'm most interested to see you know, it's gonna be fun as the off season program starts here soon to see Russ get out on the field, to see him in a Bronco jersey, that sort of yeah. thing, but everybody's happy in April and May, right? Yeah. When adversity hits, if there's a you know, knock on what, a key injury to somebody, or the Broncos lose a couple games in a row, or you you know, you have a bad training camp practice and Nathaniel Hackett's not happy, how does yeah. this team handle adversity? Yeah, how does Nathaniel Hackett handle adversity? I think you know, talking about the impact Russ makes. Having him here is incredibly helpful to avoid a three-game losing streak that can kill your season. Not not only because, obviously, he's really good, so you kind of get the sense that you're not going to lose three games in a row, but also the fact that he's been through this for a decade. He knows what it takes to lead a team, to set a standard. He obviously has has one losing season in his career. That was last year, and he went 6-8 and with a messed-up finger.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think... Uh, one, The other thing that maybe we haven't really talked about too much is that, like, for so long since Peyton Manning retired, the Broncos' leadership has come from like Von Miller, you know, he's like that voice that's like, hey, when things aren't going well, he's the one who, you know, speaks up in the media or kind of wants to set the tone for the next thing. It's a little different when it's your quarterback and it's, and the guy is like a proven winner. He's a nine time pro bowler. When Russell Wilson says something, everybody's going to listen, you know, and how many times do we see when Peyton Manning was out of practice, something wasn't going right and he would just really get on a guy, you know, The Broncos have been missing that element for a while now. So, just to have a guy like Russ, where you say, "That's not how we do this. This is not the way we're going to execute things. This is not precise enough." You know, uh, that's going to make a big difference, I think, for this Broncos team.
1: Yeah, and I notice you talk about Russ's impact, him setting the standard. There's a lot of talk about Jerry Judy not being at that first throwing session Mm. with Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. A lot of different ways to handle that afterward. People are like, "Where's Jerry Judy? Where's Jerry Judy?" Judy obviously goes on social media, sends some tweets, the emojis we the talked emoji. about it last, We talked about yeah. it last time. Russell handled that, Phil, in a way that Shows. was very subtle, but it showed leadership. He didn't, yeah. you know, he waited a few days and then he, I'm sure, he's texting Jerry privately, like, "Oh, what, you're fine that you're not there." Yeah. But he then puts out a video of him working with Judy, and it just lets everybody know, "Oh, okay, Jerry Judy is doing work." And in that moment, it seems like just a tweet, but Russell's sending a message there to Jerry Judy: "I got your back. I'm going to take care of you." Sends yeah. a message to his to Jerry's teammates: "Hey, you know, I'm not going to let people mess with you." It's very subtle, but it's something that I don't think over the last few years we would have seen from the quarterback position, just because they didn't have that level of gravitas. Like our old yeah. friend Trevor Simeon, for example, Phil now with Chicago. Shout out to Trevor. That a little is early tre- for a shout that's out. A, but, well, yeah. A little early, but, yeah, we can, I can, it's acceptable. But, like, Trevor doing a tweet like that about who is, who is here Benny act. Fowler. Yeah, it doesn't carry the it same thing. So it no. wouldn't do the same thing. And I think Russ recognizes the power of his brand. Yeah. He recognizes kind of the weight that the social media holds. It, And that's just a very small example. But I think he is, the way he's been described is like Pete Manning, just in terms of being aware of everything, being in control of everything. Yeah. Being just no details, too small, Phil, to kind of go unturned.
0: And and just the fact that they got together on the field and they're yeah. already starting to work. So, like, that's an added bonus. But, yes, from a public perspective yeah,
1: one of one, I saw.
0: From a teammate building. Yeah. Well, I think there was a couple throws there, wasn't there?
1: Oh, I thought it was just one. No, no, I think there was a couple. You sure it didn't just loop?
0: Well, it was very dark, so maybe I couldn't really tell what was going on, you know, just because there
1: was so much darkness. you got to turn the screen brightness up. That could have been what it was. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I was sitting outside in the sun. I was like, I can't really see yeah, what's and going you on. The you what I had the sunnies on. Mean? Yeah, and then I had my sunglasses on. I hope on NZ too.
1: Nation's okay that I'm wearing sunglasses. It's just kind of, kind of fits okay. the vibe. That's I feel true. like we're family. I don't have
0: the sunglasses on, but yes, that's true.
1: No. Oh, I thought you'd have the transition lenses, you know? Or maybe <laughs> yeah. you, maybe the ones that go up and then back down, you know? Yeah. Those are kind of popular and maybe aren't. In my
0: generation. Yeah. yeah my, my parents' your generation. Yeah, generation. Your generation. Not so much your generation, though. Yeah. They are, then nice, I... I mean, it's convenient to have the flip. Just,
1: oh, it's great. Just, yeah. yeah. You know somebody means
0: business when they have those. I do have prescription sunglasses, but it is kind of a pain sometimes to have to... Okay, put this one down, put this one of on. Of course. It's kind of... I don't know. Would you say dorky? I'm Cumbersome. not sure what would you, would no, you... No, no, I wouldn't you know, That's a very nice dorky. shirt.
1: I like that. Thank
0: you very much. It's kind of For a... For those
1: of you uh, not watching... You, should, you nice should log on immediately. Linen. It's
0: a nice linen we shirt. We love a good
1: linen shirt.
0: It's Florida, you know, that's what I try to pack accordingly.
1: Yeah. You know, but
0: you think it would have been okay to interview the guys with this or no? We
1: like to step it up a notch. Yeah, we go so suit. over at the lovely Breakers Resort. Yeah.
0: Uh, Coach Hackett was making fun of me for wearing a suit. That's true, he did. He said, You look hot. hot. Oh, I thought
1: and that was, was a like, compliment.
0: That's, I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> But I did look out of place a little bit. I was wearing a tie. Yeah, I like he to go nuts. No, he was no casual. He, he was, was casual. nice. Yeah. He, he fit the scene, you know. I guess maybe I just don't know how to do that. I only no. know one way. Yeah. All right. Well, let's play that interview here. This is uh, my sit-down along the Atlantic Ocean with Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett. This is your first time uh, at the owner's meetings yes. as a head coach. What are your responsibilities here? I mean, uh, you know, right now uh, we've got a lot of different uh,
2: meetings that we have to attend. Um, some of the things on the new rule changes and just kind of getting some uh, d- just different knowledge about what's going on throughout the uh, NFL.
0: Is it uh, fun to be around your peers now? Like you're a head coach, you know, everybody sort of congratulate you. On that it's kind just of thing.
2: great to see my, my friends, you know, seeing Robert uh, Sala just walk by and Matt LaFleur and. Just guys that I've you know we, we've all worked together been together and just just they mean the world to me so just being able to hang out with them is great
0: let's talk about the broncos a little bit here uh fans are pumped up about russell wilson i mean they're really excited uh have, has it come has it settled down now is it reality
2: now yeah you know i think that uh it's it's so exciting to have a guy like him not only because of uh, the player that he is but the person he is so i think that all these things are so exciting and um you know just Happy to get to know him even more and, and slowly get, pretty soon I think in about a week or two get get all those guys in the building.
0: yeah uh, when you interviewed for the job here did, I'm sure quarterback came up uh, did, was was there an idea that this might be a, a possibility coming up I think that you know throughout the
2: interview process and talking with George I think um, everything was up in the air. You know, there were some good players that were there at the time, and um, we talked about everything. And, and I think that uh, that's kind of how you have to do it. You have to look and see how everything changes, the climate changes, and what becomes available. And um, it just happened that, that this ended up working out great for us.
0: A nine-time Pro Bowler. It's not often it uh, changes teams uh, right in the middle of his career like this. What, what do you think Russ will do for the building? I mean, just having a guy like that, a Super Bowl winner, uh, what does he do for the culture? I would say just his intensity.
2: His love for the game shows and shines out um, from within him and I, and you know I just it, it just kind of just his demeanor I mean it's it's about winning and I, you know I've heard George say it a couple times his obsession with winning and uh, I think it's I look at it from a coach's standpoint coaches you know we stay in there we keep working we keep working we we want to do more and and we don't have the opportunity to play so you're always hoping you can get a player that's the same obsession that we have and and I would say that that He's got that. So I think it's just that intensity, that excitement for the game is something that he's going to bring in the minute he walks in.
0: Uh, He already got the players all together and everything. I mean, do you like seeing that kind of a leadership? I mean, I think, you know, I've always believed that coaching
2: led teams are uh, good teams player led teams are great teams. And so I think that that is uh, that's so important Um, that, that, you know, and watching him doing that um, just shows we're on the right track.
0: Not bad to go from Aaron Rodgers to Russell Wilson,
2: huh? Uh, no doubt. I mean, two great quarterbacks. Different, very, very different. I think that's the fun thing about this game.
0: Uh, what do you think that Russ is like out on the field? I mean, how is he different?
2: Uh, you know, his ab- ability to extend the plays, his ability to uh, accurately throw the football is is awesome. And it, just, again, his intelligence, his ability to get in and out of good plays is going to be awesome to watch and experience. And um, So
0: he just brings so much. Do you think he'll be tough to coach in the sense that he demands a lot out of his coaches and always wants to know why. Why are we doing this? Why, you know, do you think- I don't that think it's
2: thing- necessarily tough. I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's great conversation. I mean, I think that as a coach, you always have a why and you always want to prove that why. And you want to talk about that just like uh, those will be the conversations with him. You know, if he has something that he's interested in or he wants to do, as long as he's got a why, then let's do it. I mean, I think every single thing that we do Everybody's got to have that great communication. That's what we got to create with him.
0: And I know that's something you've talked about when you've been asked about, okay, what kind of offense are you going to run? You say you put the players in the best position to see, succeed for their skill set. What do you think that means for a guy like Russ? Well, I think, you know, right now, before I say anything
2: specific, it's about us getting together once we get here on April 11th, start getting to know each other, watching him learn. Um, watching the different things that he does and after watching all of his tape from the past couple years. Um, now you uh, want to get him in the building, like I said, and get to know him and see what that is for him. And, and that's when we'll start developing it even and making it kind of toning it down and, and getting it real
0: tight. Uh, talking about when the players come back April 11th, what is your message going to be
2: to the team? Hey, let's let's, uh, let's get in this building and let's get to work. I mean, it's, it's, it's time to win and, and win a lot.
0: Uh, do you, do you have to do something because you know you're new as a head coach there? I mean, do you do you, do you say something like, "Hey, this is how things are going to be"? You establish a, sort of a standard, anything like that. I
2: think as you go and they start getting to know me, they understand the, the just kind of those standards that we're going to set. And our job as coaches is to hold them accountable to that standard. So we'll show it to them and. let them come in here and get ready to rock and roll. Uh,
0: Are you guys ready for them to come back?
2: I mean, uh, you're you're fired If they could come in right now, I'd be fired (laughs) up for it. I'd want them to come in. I I mean, that's why we do this. We do this to coach football and coach these players. And, you know, I'm I'm honored to be able to be in front of them and and talk with them, and I can't wait for them to get back.
0: Uh, I just have a a couple more questions for you here Uh, working with George. you guys got a little bit of a different personality. I mean, he's a little more <laughs> calm, mellow, soft-spoken. I'm a hugger.
2: He's not. You know, uh, it, it, yeah. yeah. We, you know, it goes back. Yeah.
0: You think you complement each other well Without then?
2: Or? No, I think I think we really do. I, in the end, regardless of what your personality is, it's about communication. And I think that's the thing that I respect so much of George's his ability to communicate is, is just phenomenal. And I just appreciate that so much.
0: And then the the last one I have for you here is the schedule probably coming out here in a couple of weeks. Uh, What do you would you think of uh, the Broncos potentially going overseas, playing a game uh, maybe in England or something
2: like that? Oh, I would love it. I, I was lucky enough to do that four times while I was at Jacksonville, and I loved the experience. I mean, we played at Wembley and uh i mean i think everybody needs to witness that i mean fans uh you know i want my family to see it you know there's so many great things about it i mean it is an incredible atmosphere uh out there in london
0: uh, good for the broncos brand of course uh, you embrace no the culture if you go over there or oh, without a doubt you know
2: i i just i just love it over there we would go down and i there was a pub we'd always go hang out at and uh just kind of being being there
0: and, and just so much
2: history it's unbelievable
0: awesome well coach i hope that you enjoy your time here uh, the weather I mean, it's a pretty nice backdrop. Yeah, right? this is
2: pretty sweet. This is pretty sweet. <laughs> thanks, Coach. I appreciate
0: your no time. Doubt. No doubt. No doubt. My thanks to uh, Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett for spending some time sitting down there talking ball. I liked what he said when he said, my message to the team is going to be, it's time to win. And we're going to win a lot. Yeah. I like that.
1: you got to set that the standard. I like that,
0: that was good. So uh, let's move on and talk about our second topic here, uh, Eric, and that is the draft coming up here in a couple of weeks. We talked to George Payton a little bit down here, and he was like, why am I by the beach? I should be grinding and watching tape. That is how he is. You know, that is how he is. He's got to get to work he loves to break down tape. I think it's probably from his
1: scouting background. You know, he just, like, he loves that. The Broncos are in, in a good spot, Phil. They're in good hands. Yeah, this general manager just pulled off the trade of the offseason with Russell Wilson, and he's he, all he's focused on is making this team better with yeah. second and third round picks right now. Like he, yeah, that's all he's dialed in on. Hey, we got to be better. We still got work to do. Uh, I, the true. attitude is like a, a never ending uh, quest to just be better. Yeah, and it's he's very competitive. If you're a Broncos fan, I know people hear from George a few times a year like the the nature of the GM position is you don't hear from them as much as the head coach but we see George a lot we see him grinding and I just I can't express it enough how fortunate the Broncos are to have this guy yeah
0: and uh, I mean, the, he he is right that the Broncos do has, still have a lot of picks. George, of course, likes to trade picks. He thinks that maybe they'll acquire some uh, over the course of the draft here. And let's just talk about here what what the Broncos are are looking at. He said that he likes edge rushers in this class. The Broncos could use another edge rusher, maybe you know, so that could fit up there. But uh, my takeaway w- was that he's he's not looking at maybe the top top guys in this draft because of the trade but he is open to maybe trading back into the back end of the first first round if the if there's a right player there and uh you know it's good to to have all those options on the table.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the Broncos still have nine picks. George always says he likes to get to 10. Yeah, cuz he likes a lot of darts to throw. Yeah. You know, most teams hit on four to five picks. If you hit on six or seven, last year I think the Broncos had nine guys contribute From a 10-person draft class. It's really good. You can't expect that every year. No. So we know he wants those darts. So if you think about where they are now, end of the second, two third-round picks, two kind of mid-fourth-round picks, maybe you can take a fourth-round pick and a third and move up a little bit. But I wouldn't expect him to kind of sell everything to go up to, like, 25. Now, if a player starts falling and somebody gets to, like, 40 and – you know maybe you say i'm going to take 64 i'm going to take a a third maybe it's worth it but yeah. he's i would be shocked if he's not in that like 9 to 10 pick range because you also yeah. want to build out your, your team with guys on rookie contracts so yeah. it's important to have those players in the building now that said he did say move in in the first round is a possibility if yeah. somebody starts to fall could be an option um, i'd be surprised yeah, well, I just—I mean, I'm surprised. Yeah, I definitely but. would be surprised. I would guess like, maybe if if someone's there at 45 or 50, maybe you go up from 64 or something. Yeah. But I, if anything, I could see a couple trade. If you if you make a move at all, you're certainly going to trade back somewhere else. Yeah. And so you're going to have to realize, you know, is it worth going up? Like, if an elite player starts falling, or you know, maybe someone who's injured. Like, there's a lot of talk about maybe David Ojabo goes. In the second round. Well, if he starts falling, you go get him, or because uh, he's uh, yeah. a guy who is a top ten pick potentially before his injury. If a Jermaine Johnson, like he's a the guy from Florida State, elite edge rusher. If he starts falling somehow, yeah. and he's there in the the forties. I don't think that'll happen, but he's lost a little bit of stock here recently. If he starts falling, do you go get him? Because it's all about can you get an impact player?
0: Yeah, I was going to say maybe one of the interesting things to pay attention to the strategy here is. On one hand, you've made this big trade for Russell Wilson, and now you've opened up this window where maybe you're going to be a Super Bowl contender here. So do you want to try and move up and take a guy who's going to make an impact right away? Maybe you get two guys that are going to play this season that you're going to count on to make that push? Or do you say, look, we've got Russell Wilson. We think that there's going to be like a 10-year window here. We've got to continue to just build a foundation, a solid base here for the Broncos. And we want to win and continue to win. And we're not like putting all our eggs in one basket. So we we still need to address positions and we want to build this team through the draft. That's going to be an interesting strategy because we heard last year how much George Payton talked about, hey, the way that you built sustainable success in the NFL is through the draft.
1: Yeah, and I I think that because I asked George that, you know, this isn't a one-year, two-year title window. I don't know if it's quite ten, but let's say let's split the difference and say it's five or six years. You can't just go out and be reckless because then you're going to ruin the other years, and you're going to get to a point where oh. Now Russ has no talent around him, and so I think George is aware of that. He he's always said the draft is the lifeblood of your organization. He's gonna, I think, continue to draft smartly to find these guys that, like, even if you draft somebody that's not a huge contributor this year, if he then becomes a contributor next year, when you lose somebody, you know, say a a player hits free agency and you have like let's let's use edge rusher if Bradley Chubb for whatever reason doesn't come back to the Broncos when his contract expires this year and you've drafted an edge rusher that gets some experience this year, but he's ready to go next year. Yeah. Well, now you've kept your, that window open where otherwise, oh, now we got to go reach for a pass rusher or else we're in big trouble. And yeah. I think the smart teams that do this really well is you see them build that foundation in the draft and then free agency, they like select kind of those, those top-notch players to come in and, and fill in around them. Yeah. I mean, one of the big assets the
0: Broncos have with George Payton is his ability to analyze talent, draft. I mean, you talked about last year with Pat Sertan again.
1: Yeah. Again. Again, we're talking about Pat Sertan again.
0: Yeah. Uh, Javante Williams, Quinn Miners, baron browning i mean these guys all played a lot
1: yeah you know kate and stearns
0: i mean jonathan cooper Jonathan Cooper. these guys had an impact as as rookies and that's one of the big assets here with george uh, my question here eric is do you think the broncos did enough during free agency that going into the draft they got all their they got all the options they they don't need to really focus on one position a need Or do you think they can just say, hey, this guy's the best player available. It doesn't matter what position he plays.
1: I think that George Payton is the type of guy that is always going to go best player available, like with a need. I don't know if, you know, say uh, Kenny Pickett falls to the end of round two. I don't think they're going to take Kenny Pickett. No. But if... uh, That's not a need and probably not the best available. Probably not. Probably not. But if, uh, you know, maybe a, a dynamic wide receiver falls or a dynamic corner. I mean, yeah. they, they could use more corner help. Yeah, I think what they did in free agency, let me say, I prefer no wide receiver. They got, Broncos has got some good wide receivers. Yeah. There's only one ball. That's true. Um, but I think you took a care of enough needs that you're not like, when 64 comes on the clock, we got to take whatever tackle is there. Yeah, exactly. Or we got to take whatever so, edge rusher is there. You could presumably go tight end, tackle, corner, Defensive line, linebacker. inside linebacker, outside linebacker, running back. I mean, you're at the point now where, in every, in my mind, almost every immediate need is met. Yeah. Billy Turner may or may not be, he's on a one-year deal. He may or may not be, uh, I think, a one-year deal. Maybe two? Hmm. One. Uh, whatever, something like that. A short-term deal. Uh, you kind of lose what happens when you're down here in Florida, Phil.
0: You've Bill, been in the sun, Billy I think. Turner back in Denver. Yeah, here. you got the sunglasses on. But, like,
1: Billy Turner might be the, the short-term answer there, or he could be the long-term answer. But you don't have to worry about, like, now finding a guy. You can go find your long-term tackle, but yeah. that person would then have some time to develop. And so it's the same thing in edge rusher. You don't feel like you have to draft an edge because you have Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb. Randy Gregory, yeah. by the way, reported had a scope.
0: Had a little scope. Friend and we're not Cliffs. talking about mouthwash.
1: No. He's supposed to be ready for the regular season. Get a little clean up. Unclear about uh, training camp. Our friend Mike didn't really specify about that.
0: Does that concern you at all, uh, Eric, just because he has had some injury, you know, in his past, and his history there?
1: Yeah, and it sounds like, according to Mike, it came up during the physical. I'm sure the Broncos kind of did their due diligence and thought, well because you can fail a player on a physical of course yeah and not sign him uh, yeah they could have signed him and just had him play through it because it sounded like it wasn't maybe a mandatory surgery you know it was more of a he's going to have discomfort throughout the season so do you say hey we're going to manage this take care of it now or like do you take care of it now and hope that it's done doesn't linger um i mean anytime you see a guy get another like if I don't even know where i not going to talk about that. But anytime you see a guy who's had injuries before, get another what injury. What just happened? I don't know yeah. what happened. In yeah. my brain, I was like, I was going to use, use an example of a player, and then I was like, I don't even want to put that out in the universe. Got it. But no, I, good news that he's going to be ready to go for the regular yeah. season. hope he stays healthy. And It's not connected to other injuries. so.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that Randy Gregory... One has been in the league for a little while now. He's, of course, coming to a new team, a new defense here. But he gets after the quarterback.
1: You you pin your ears back and you go.
0: He's going to be in meetings. You know, he's going to be around his teammates. There's going to be chemistry building there and... He's going to be okay. Like, it's not like, oh, my gosh, he's so far behind because he didn't right. do this or whatever. Just take care of it. Make sure your body's feeling really good before the season starts. Training camp, you're ready to go then. That's what really matters. Right now, it's April. You know, if you're not in the gym every day right now, it's not the end of the world, if
1: you ask me. Well, you miss those guys when they're not in the gym every day because that's where you are.
0: That's where I am. I mean, I don't miss a day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, that, that's... Just sort of a personal philosophy.
1: Well, and yeah, when I'm
0: in there with Lauren Landau, he's like, just like...
1: Yeah, he's like, Phil, oh, we don't have enough pre- weight.
0: He's perfecting the technique on the curl, you know, so I can get those huge arms. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Pretty soon this shirt might not even fit. Oh. Yeah. Maybe get add some extra fabric to the biceps. Yes. I got to get to the tailor. <laughs> it's going to be nice. Uh, Eric... Let's uh, get to my conversation with Broncos general manager, George Payton. Uh, wouldn't you know it, we sat down right next to the Atlantic Ocean again. And uh, What are the odds? <laughs> I know. George wanted to go out there and swim, and I don't think he believed me when I was talking about sharks. George, a pr- pretty good backdrop here, huh? It's not
3: bad. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Uh,
0: are you going to get out in the water I at will. all? Right
3: I right, This is over. I'm going in the water.
0: <laughs> I heard there was a shark out there. George. No, you didn't.
3: That's what I heard. I don't, know. Right. I don't know. It's all right. They won't bother you.
0: George, what's it like uh, after you make the trade of the offseason in the NFL to walk around
3: here with uh, some of your peers? You know I haven't seen many of my peers yet, we just got here Um, you know it was a great trade I think it was a win-win trade but really the next day we've kind of turned the page you know we're going on to Randy Gregory we're going on to the next so you really don't dwell Uh, we're excited I mean obviously franchise quarterback but you just you, you move on really you know to the next transaction and that, that's just the way you have to, when you're, when you're building a team, that's what you have to do. Well, the fans are fired up about Russell Wilson, so I, I just want to ask you a couple about him. Uh,
0: first, off of the field, in the building, what does he do for the Broncos culture?
3: Well, he hasn't been in the building, you know, he's been in the building two days, but uh, I just think he raises a level of really everyone in the building just by, you know, first and foremost, his work, work ethic. And you've kind of seen doses of that through some of the uh, workouts they've had, but... Uh, You know, I just the excitement within the team and uh, the standards will be raised. The expectations will be raised. And I think uh, I think the team will embrace that on the field.
0: What is it that you like about his game that you think is going to help this team take the next step?
3: Well, first and foremost, he wins. You know, he wins. He's won a lot of games. I think the most games of any quarterback their first 10, 10, years in the league. So he's a winner, but he can beat you in so many different ways. You know, he's athletic. He's got one of the better arms accuracy, the deep ball to me, is second to none. So he can beat you in so many different ways, but just the leadership he shows when you watch him. You know, I've seen him so many times in person behind late in games, and he brings them back. So he has that it factor that we all talk about. We throw around too much with these guys, but the top ones have it, and he has it. Uh, We heard that he was in the building checking out uh, the Broncos. Of course, he had a no-trade clause. How how did you sell him on the team? Yeah, I just told him what we're all about. You know, Coach Hackett myself told him what – you know what we are about uh, individually but you know what we're trying to build here and and uh, we talked about our team some of the great you know the foundational players we had um but how we're going to build it how we're going to get to the next step and our process uh, for winning heading into this offseason did you feel like this team
0: might just be quarterback away from getting to where you want to be
3: you know you never want to you, no team i don't think is a player away i don't um, but this sure helps when you get a franchise quarterback and i think this this team is, is it's a young team that can use a veteran quarterback to come and take us to the next level. So I feel really good about uh, the match, our team. I think the team is ready to go. The team is ready to win. They haven't figured out how to win. I think Russ will help with that. Just because of the experience, sometimes you just got to learn how to win, how to close so. out games? I think so. A lot of our guys haven't won. You know, They've been here their whole career, and they haven't won. And uh, you bring in guys like Russ, who's won. Randy Gregory went to the playoffs. Uh, Williams have gone to the playoffs, so you're bringing in some veteran guys, and they've all won, uh, you know, at their at their specific teams. What, what was your strategy in trying to get Russell
0: from the Seattle? Because we heard some reports, you know, like, hey, the Seattle was saying that they're not taking any
3: calls. How did you approach the whole situation? You know, you hear things on all these quarterbacks, so you're always you're you're kind of just you're listening and, and until they called, we didn't really know they were serious about trading them. And then, you know, I, I got a call from their GM, John Schneider and and uh, he sounded serious. And so then then we, you know, that was our number one priority for the whole off season is try to get this trade done. Okay, I'll turn the page from Russell now, okay? Uh,
0: uh, you had to give up a lot to, to get him, of course. Uh, no first round pick this year. Uh, how, how did that change your approach uh, for the next couple of months? I guess the next
3: month right yeah. it really doesn't change the approach I mean we'll focus on a different part of the draft we're not going to focus on number nine and but you know it's a long draft you have you know we, we still have nine picks we have three in the top hundred, uh, you know, five in the top 111 I think so we have a lot of picks it really doesn't change our process it just changes you know where we're picking obviously so we'll focus on you know that second round you know that that because we could trade up, so you really have to focus on the late first as well. Yeah, I was gonna say, do yeah. you, do you keep that as an option? Yeah, you keep it. I I talk about flexibility a lot. We still have flexibility. We have nine picks, and so we can move up, we can move back, we can trade picks for next year because we're low next, you know, in 2023, and so we can do you know whatever we want. Our process remains the same, and uh, we like a lot of picks. And I you know I think we'll probably we have nine. I think we'll have ten by the end of it and uh looking forward to it so you don't take thursday off right you don't just no we're not going to take thursday off <laughs> may send some of the coaches home but uh you know you never know especially late in the first i you know you never know what's going to happen well we know that you like to break down
0: film and really get after these guys uh do you still feel like even though you don't have the first round
3: picks that you can still build a foundation of this team yes we i mean we we feel we have a foundation we wouldn't have done this trade if we thought we we're going to take a step back uh you know like i've I've said, you know, we, the Von Miller trade, really kind of set us up to continue to build our foundation. At the same time, going and get, making a big trade to get a quarterback. So we feel, you know, nine picks. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a good draft. I think it's a deep draft, especially in those middle rounds. So we think we can make some pay and continue to upgrade our football team. You talk about the foundation in place, making the trade. Then what? what is the expectation for the season? You know, that's something uh, we need to improve. We need to get better within our division, more competitive within our division. We need to be better at home. And, uh, you know, we need to take that next step that we haven't taken. And uh, that starts April 11th, and, and we're going to work hard every day. It's a process. and to get to where we need to go you're very honest
0: about that i mean uh, is that just sort of like your your beliefs and like hey like we haven't done anything the
3: last six years you know yeah like, we haven't and we won you know we won seven games last year so really i don't know you know our, our expectations in the building are high but until we do it, it it's not it does us no good to talk about it yeah be about it Got to be about it, no doubt, Bill. Oh, That's a good one. Uh,
0: <laughs> it's been a crazy off season around the NFL. I mean, did you anticipate like maybe something like this might be around the the, the horizon here? I mean, it's
3: it... you never anticipate this. Uh-huh. You know, we we knew we were what we wanted to do. Uh, it's hard to predict what other teams are going to do, and, and uh, but it's been amazing. I think it's been fun. It's been exciting for the league, the fans, and uh, the, the teams themselves. And so we'll see how it goes moving forward. How do you avoid getting into like an arms race with some of these? I
0: mean, you see, okay, they get challenged, you gotta get Randy Gregory, you know, like, I know it doesn't work
3: like that, but how do you avoid that? Well, you just focus on your team and what you need. And uh, you're not emotional, you're not reactionary. You do the, if you have a process, you stick to it and you make the best decisions. Okay. Uh, just a couple more for you here. Uh, we're at the owner's meetings. Uh, the Broncos
0: are up for sale. Has that impacted anything on the football side of things or, or, you
3: know, being number one at everything is still the standard? Yeah. I mean, we have so many things to worry about. You know, we have to, you know, we had to hire a head coach. We had to get a quarterback. You know, we had to give a lot of things, you know, free agency, all the additions we made. We have to worry about building this team and let Joe Ellis and, and the trustees, They, they have they're going to take care of that. And We we have to win. We have to do our job, and that's our number one priority. We're really excited for the leadership that's going to come in, and we'll embrace that obviously when they come to a decision and. And look forward to it. But right now, we have so much on our plate, Phil, that we can't we can't worry about those things. Obviously, you're working very closely with Nathaniel Hackett. Yes.
0: Uh You seem to be a little bit more mellow, kind of a person, <laughs> a little more soft-spoken.
3: He's high energy. Uh, how do the two of you, when you guys sit down and talk football? I mean, what's the atmosphere? It's great. I think uh, I think we complement each other well. You know, we're not we have different personalities, but I think it's great. We bring out the best of each other, and he brings out the best of people. And that's what. Resonated with me throughout the interview process is just how he he makes players better. He develops players. He develops people He develops coaches, and so it's been great. It's everything I thought when we hired him and and just really excited for our future together. And the last one I have for you here is
0: the schedule. It comes out uh, in about a couple of weeks here, most likely.
3: Uh, The possibility of maybe playing a game overseas. Is that something that you would be excited about? Yes, that'd be great. I mean, I've done it uh, two times uh, when I was with the Vikings, and I think it's a great opportunity um, for our brand, uh, for our football team. It's always good, I think, to get away and uh, it brings teams together, you know, if you do it the right way. And so, if that happens, that would be great. I look forward to it. Maybe some prime time games with Russ, huh? Yeah, I think so. right. I think so. Yeah, some <laughs> night games. Get your sleep, Phil. We're okay, going to be up late, I'll, I'll right? I'll be ready. I'll be ready, George.
0: I'll let you go get out of that water. I want to go hit the water. Okay, be careful. I heard there was a shark. Uh, that's out there. all right. We'll, we'll take care of him. <laughs> thanks, right, George. Thanks. I appreciate, appreciate it. Thank you very much. It. My thanks to General Manager George Payton. I uh, enjoyed our conversation there. I had to give him, a, give him a little hard time, you know. You had a nice rapport. Uh, yeah. I like to go back and forth with him, you know, a little bit. And I, I like it, the edge he's got. He's got a little bit of edge, you know, and of I course. like that. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, uh, Eric, let's get to our third topic of conversation uh, here, and that is the rule for overtime changed while we were down here at the annual meeting the competition committee uh looking at how overtime has played out here in the playoffs since the rule changed in 2010 the team that wins the coin toss 10 and 2 if they go on to win the game so they felt maybe that's not very equitable small sample size eric just in the grand scheme of things but that's the only sample size that they had to go off of
1: yeah and it's a small sample size but Uh, the way that they put it Rich McKay of course the head of the competition committee said those games are so important they end a team season that you can't afford to wait until you have a sample size of 50 games or 100 games that could take another you know I think they changed the rule in 2010. Yep. In 10 years, we've had 12 playoff overtime games. And so you'd have to wait another decade or two to get like a reasonable sample size. And the, the meaning of each of these games, something needed to be done because not just were they 10 and two, but seven times the game ended on that first drive with a team scoring a touchdown. Yeah. And so there was a clear advantage for whichever team won the coin toss. And the interesting thing now phil that each team will get a possession but how is this going to play out because there's some interesting things to think about if you go down and you score a touchdown and kick an extra point the second team could then go down score a touchdown go for 2 and win the game so are yes. you you know if you're the broncos and you're playing the chiefs do you feel pressure on that first drive to go for 2 just to match in case they go for 2 or do you trust your defense? Do you want to go first or do you want to go second?
0: Yeah. yeah. Say you win the coin toss. Yeah. There there's some decision making to go here because let's play it out. Say you win the coin toss, you go down the field, you score a touchdown. Yep. You kick the extra point. Yep. So you're up 7 at this point. The other team then gets one possession and they there's no time limit there.
1: Which is interesting. Yes. You can the other team could take 11 minutes and give the ball back to you with 4 minutes left. You can take you can take 33 minutes if you want Yes, to drive. You could have a Teddy Bridgewater drive. Oh, my God. That That's not, not a shot. No.
0: <laughs> That's not a shot. That's just like how they like to drive the ball. That's not a shot. That's how they like to go down the field. It
1: just sounded like a shot.
0: You could have a Teddy Bridgewater drive. Okay. You don't have to worry about the time. I'm going to call it a Tennessee thing, Titans drive. Only, yeah, Tennessee Titans drive. You know, Derrick Henry likes to pound the rock. Yep. You just take your time and go down the field. The only thing that happens is after 15 minutes, the field will the flip. The field
1: flips. Just like a normal. Well, the field stays the same. The teams, the teams flip. go in a different direction. Yeah. They usually what call the field, that just a flip. what if the field, the field actually
0: flips? You flip the field. Would it go like this or would it rotate? I think it rotates. So you would if you rotate the field. Yeah, the field rotates. Because if you flip the field, it's like you kind of flip a pancake, you know, or something. That would be kind of crazy. Right. Then you
1: wouldn't be able to see the numbers, probably, right? There'd be a lot of dirt
0: everywhere. You think there's It'd numbers like, on the other messy. side of the field.
1: Yeah,
0: it could be messy. But you know, some of these fields and some of these domes, they slide them out, yeah. they slide them in, they flip them around. You do all kinds of stuff. Anyway, the field position, you you, you change yeah. directions, so the wind and you keep, keep going. Yeah, but then let's say that team manages to get down and, and score. Yep. Yeah. Then they got a decision. If they kick that extra point, then it, the next team that scores wins. Yep. Which is risky. Yeah. You know, if if you're a team that has a really good defense, maybe you're, you say, okay, we're going to live with that. But most teams, I would say, they got two yards, the game's on the line. Let's go for it. Yeah. Then in that case, if they get the two point conversion, game over. They win. They win. So right. then
1: you're like, okay. So that first team has to then decide: Do we preempt them way? by going for two? Yeah. You know, would you rather be the first team to get the ball? And if you if you hold them, you know, then you have you get your second possession first. Yeah. Or would you rather be the second team and you know say that the Broncos are playing the Chiefs, the Broncos defer. You hold the Chiefs to a field goal, or you hold it, you you pick off Patrick Mahomes. Now any and that's how it was before too. But now any oh. team that scores wins the game.
0: Uh, yeah, because okay, so you're thinking about this. Okay, you got the decision to go for two. It sounds like. It would be better to be the second team. but the interesting thing then is say both teams go for two and they both get it, yeah. then it's the next score wins. right. So if you're the team that had the ball first, all you need is a field goal and then the game's over. So maybe it is better to be the first team, you know but so it's it'll create some interesting situations. I hope that this will come to fruition and we'll actually get to see it in action in a playoff game. Ghost overtime. I want to see how teams how approach this. Yeah, because it, it is interesting, but it's so rare. It's just the last couple of years, though. We've really seen this come, come into play. They talked about it when Rich McKay was uh, ha- talking to the media here in Florida. He did say that the Bills and Chiefs game, the ending of that game was so dramatic. It was probably the best playoff game in recent memory. Just the way that it all came to, to that final moments, you know, going back and forth. Then it goes to overtime, and boom, the game's over. They didn't really feel that was equitable. That wasn't the way that game should have ended, you know? No,
1: it was just such a good game. I think there were all those touchdowns in the final two minutes. You want people to be, like, to be talking about how great this was, you know, a walk-off yeah. two-point conversion. You don't want it to go to the point where... Josh Allen doesn't even touch the ball, and now all anybody's talking about is this is unfair. The toss. You don't yeah. want that from both from a fans' perspective and just kind of like a PR perspective. Yeah, you exactly. don't want that. You know, the, you, you want the conversation
0: st- to be about the game.
1: You know, and, and I think one of the big reasons they made this change, Phil, in 2010, they did the you got to score a touchdown to end the game because it used to just be uh, a field goal and yeah. you were done. Yeah, exactly. Kind of the turning point there was the Colts played the Chargers in overtime. Peyton Manning never touched the ball. Yep. The Chargers kicked a field goal and the game was over. Yeah. And people were like, Well, don't we want Peyton Manning to have a chance to touch the ball in overtime? Yeah. And at that point they said the field goal kickers have just gotten too good. They're kicking it from too far away. They're too consistent. Not like it's this, too the sixties Phil, where you're just like, maybe one goes okay. in every now and then. It's not like college. <laughs> college kickers. It. I mean you could just the do hash. you the could do mark. like make a thirty yard field goal and you'd be out there all day. That's true.
0: They're kicking from an angle like this. They might be kicking from the sideline, you know? I know. That's, it's bizarre.
1: It is bizarre. But I, the kickers got too good, and now he, he didn't quite say this, but the, the insinuation was, well, the quarterbacks have gotten too good. Now offenses are too good. It's easy to score. You mentioned that there were more overtime games this year. Well, it's probably in part because Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, those guys are all so good that you go down the field and you score a touchdown, and no matter how how little times left on the clock, you always got a chance. These teams are very competitive; they're all very closely matched, and so you had to make that change.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, this has happened recently. You know, when I think back to the AFC Championship game, New England and Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes doesn't touch the ball; Patriots win, and they go on to win the Super Bowl. You know, that one was fine with me. That one was okay. Well, both teams, you're like, mm.
1: yeah, but at that you point, want the Chiefs at that win. point, it was like.
0: That's true. Brady is
1: so far removed. Yeah. yeah. like, it doesn't really matter.
0: And last year there were two
1: playoff games that went to overtime. Two? I think there, there was were definitely two AFC games.
0: Yeah, the Chiefs back-to-back weeks went to overtime.
1: Yeah. I don't know if there were – did that Rams-Niners oh, game go to overtime? I don't think so. No, okay. It? Yeah, I don't think so. So,
0: I mean, there's just uh, – you know, when there's these big moments on the line for both of these organizations, there's just so much at stake – you want, the, you want this thing to finish the right way. so. And I will say credit to the NFL that they're constantly trying to make the game better. Yeah. You know, They recognize an issue, and then they're like, we need to address this, we need to talk about this, and we need to make it better. I appreciate that. And they try to think about some unintended consequences too. But right. I think that this is going to create a situation where teams are going to have to make a decision how aggressive they want to be, how much they just want this thing to play out on the field. And that's a good thing. That's good for fans.
1: Yeah, this is exciting. The more you can see these quarterbacks, the better. Yeah. Hopefully we don't see this too much, and we might not even see it this year, but I think when we do see it, it'll be improved. Yeah. It's more equitable, I yeah. would say. you like equitable. So, equitable.
0: And I think, you know, 10-2, and two, that's pretty lopsided. Yeah. Even though it's a small sample size, I think it's pretty lopsided. So It is. All right, let me get to uh, uh, my conversation with ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter. Uh, we didn't talk about the rules committee, but I talked a lot about Russell Wilson. Adam, uh, the Broncos making the trade of the offseason, picking up Russell Wilson. What do you think that does for expectations in Denver? What do you think it does? <laughs> Super Bowl or nothing, right?
4: <laughs> it certainly boosts him. It gives him hope. Yeah. It gives him excitement. It changes the expectations for the organization. Look, it has struggled for a long time to find a quarterback, really since Peyton Manning and after John Elway they struggled to find one until Peyton Manning. So Elway, Manning and now there is a worthy successor. Not to say that the other quarterbacks weren't, but obviously Russell has a chance to give this team a real chance and to be special and so
0: Russell says that he wants to play 10 more years in the league. It's not often that a nine-time pro bowler changes teams. I mean,
4: this has been a wild offseason, huh? I would say one of the craziest, maybe the craziest NFL offseason in memory. Certainly The two week stretch that started with Calvin Ridley being suspended for a year on Monday, Russell Wilson being traded to Denver on Tuesday, Carson Wentz being traded to Washington Wednesday, Khalil Mack being traded to Los Angeles on Thursday. Deshaun Watson being found by a grand jury that it's not going to indict him on that Friday. Saturday, Mari Cooper to Cleveland. Sunday, Tom Brady out of retirement. Monday, free agency starts. Tuesday, Aaron Rodgers signs his deal. Wednesday, Chandler Jones to Las Vegas. And Yannick and to Indianapolis, and Von Miller to Buffalo. Thursday, Devonte Adams to Las Vegas. Friday, Deshaun Watson to Cleveland. Other than that, it's been a very quiet off season.
0: That was impressive, Adam. Thank you. <laughs> um, for the Broncos and the AFC West, I mean, where do you think the, they stack up there? Because the AFC West, maybe
4: the best division in football? Well, I would say it is the best division of football. It's loaded. Every team has a chance. You could tell me and make a case for every team in that division winning the division, and I wouldn't be surprised. Denver's one of those teams, and they all have a chance, and we'll see how it shakes out, right?
0: It's been a wild offseason, but would you say the Broncos are the most improved team in the NFL? I,
4: I wouldn't say that, no. Uh, there are a lot of improved teams, and whatever you say in March or April doesn't mean very much in October or November. Let's see how the games go, but I'm sure in Denver the Broncos fans all think that they're very improved, and they should be improved, and we'll see exactly how improved they are this year.
0: The other big move that Randy Gregory, uh, bringing him in, what do you think about the job that George Payton has done in Denver since taking over for John
4: Elway? Well, his job was to go find a quarterback, and he found a quarterback. And so that was the biggest thing that you had to get done, and he did that. And now you see, we'll let the chips fall where they may.
0: All right, Adam, appreciate your time. Maybe there's something else crazy that you got to go break.
4: We'll see. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My thanks to uh, Adam Schefter. Pretty impressive there that he was able to just... N- two-week stretch there just rattle off all those names and all the moves and everything
1: a little bit of a trivia contest there almost yeah that's like a beautiful mind he's like, you know, like bub, how bub, many bub, digits bub, of pi can bub, bub, you recite
0: i will say i think that adam schefter drinks a lot of coffee he
1: does so <laughs> i've heard that it keeps him sharp
0: yeah eric the the clouds have rolled in oh wow
1: you're magic <laughs> i just so i was like i think this needs to change and then boom it just did it yeah it's kind of like the lights. It's like the opposite of what happens in our normal podcast studio, <laughs> where the lights turn off. This time it was like lights on.
0: <laughs> I was going to say though, maybe it's a good time to start winding down the show a little. bit. I think so. We got to you got to get back to the show. pool. Yeah, exactly. And I got to reapply some sunscreen here, just because the face. I like the natural bronzer, you know. Yeah, but uh, I don't want to get any wrinkles. Eric. That's true. I mean, it's important. At hey, your take age, care of the
1: fact that you the money could be maker, you know, it's in a your seventies and
0: look that good is. <laughs> really impressive. You try to stay out of the sun, you yeah. know, and then you then you could look like me. Put on a lot of moisturizer. That's right. Um so I think it's been a pretty good show. You know, you hear from George Payton, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, Adam Shifter has been Not, in that, not just, in that order,
1: but you heard from him.
0: Yeah. But you don't just get that kind of content
1: anywhere. No, That's you got it. This absolutely. is a nice this is a podcast chock full of options. Maybe if our friend Mac will even talk about it on his show. Uh 1043 the Fan. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he'll talk about this? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. He's now aware that we have a podcast. It's like sort of direct competition in my eyes. That's true. A little mm-hmm. bit, yeah. You can enjoy both.
0: Drive time. Dmac does a really good job. I like Dmac. Yeah, create some good topics of conversation. Yeah. Is that your shout out then for the- Yeah, I'll give a Is shout a out to Dmac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to elaborate at all? You just you sort of like how he uh he gets I, after I it think, a little huh? no,
1: I think he has generally you know, sometimes it's like it, it goes very quickly, yeah. but I think he generally has some decent takes. He's talking about the things that fans want to hear about. Him He's, and Tyler uh, Columbus. He kind of picks up on certain things that mm-hmm. other uh, media don't. Nuance. Uh, and I think every market, Phil, I think needs a mix of like yeah, have a, the feature writers, the the hard news guys, um, the people like us that can give you just everything. tremendous content all the time, and then D who he stirs things up. I like it. Yeah, yeah, that is true.
0: Uh, I'm gonna. Get, I'll just give a shout out, I guess, to everybody down here in Florida. Put on a great event. You know, the Breakers Resort—that's where it took place. Beautiful. That's a nice place. That's a nice place, right there on the ocean. That was nice. I enjoy. I enjoyed it. I think. Yeah. Very nice. Just shout out to them. So the, it was. A, it was a nice event here, and I think the NFL does a good job with these types of things. Oh, of course. Anything else to talk about? Uh, I don't think so. Shout out, of course, to Liz Gerald's. Yes. Uh, it was her birthday. Rumor has it it was her birthday last week. Yeah. 20, she was not twenty five, huh? I thought she would have been down here. Twenty five? Yeah, she's ascended very
1: fast in her career too yeah. to
0: that point. It's impressive. Yeah. Where did she go to school?
1: Oh, that's a we, <laughs> that'd be like Adam up. Schefter saying all those things in a row. You'd be like trying yeah. to name Liz <laughs> Gerald's schools.
0: Where was Ben Swanson too down here? Was he down da- Yeah. Was he down? There? I think he he's was trying a- to get down here, actually. He <laughs> just heard about this a little bit. He's late. on his way. <laughs> He's, he is on his way. That's He's like, what save I me a heard.
1: spot in the cabana.
0: Yeah. we got to get back to that cabana. Boy, no. Somebody's going to try and take your towels, I think. All right. Well, that's going to do it, I think, for this episode. Uh, we'll be back next week talking more things, probably draft. What's up with the draft buzz? I mean, are you people I mean? Pu- excited about the draft? We'll get there. Let us know what you think. Are you excited <coughs> about the draft? You want to hear a lot more about the draft? Uh, I think there's still some stuff to talk yeah. about. Let us know, though. You can comment right here on the YouTube page if that's what you're watching. Smash the subscribe button while
1: you're here. Of course,
0: uh, you can also leave a voicemail.
1: Yep, 707 let us, neutral.
0: Let us know what you think about uh, Eric's hair in the wind. You know, Ooh, by the is beach. It not good? No, I think it looks good.
1: Not good. You like this polo? Hard I got the, to pull I, off. I a Q-Z. got this in Denver. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah, that is nice.
0: It's hard to pull off a QZ in this type of weather.
1: No, I, I got to get to the. Go- I got to get to the golf
0: course, Phil. We got to get a summer QZ. A, a summer QZ over here. Yeah. Of course, if you're a part of NZ Nation, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. You can also leave an email. That's right, neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. And then also uh, directly right on Twitter, you know, at Eric Dalala with an A, at Phil Milani with a PH. Those are non traditional spellings. They are, they really are. Say. So We're going to say goodbye, though, and uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, for Eric Dalala, I'm Phil Milani. You've been listening to
1: The, the neutral, neutral Zone. zone.